Good morning. Good to see you here. As Keith Richards says, good to be here, good to be anywhere. <laughs> I know, who's Keith Richards? <laughs> well, I know that being here, many of us can echo the psalmist in today's psalm, how dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts. My soul has a desire and a longing for the courts of the Lord. May we also join in singing, My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. When I was rector of my parish in, in Mississippi, we renovated the church one year and for about three months worshiped in the parish hall. When it came time to move back into the church, a number of people told me how much they were going to miss being in the parish hall. <laughs> I think it's because the place where we worship becomes dear to us. We've been through a lot, some of us more than others. As a native Floridian, I have lived through many hurricanes since childhood. The worst I ever saw was Andrew in 1992. I lived in Boca Raton then, and Andrew hit about 70 miles south in Homestead. But our parish was assigned to help one of the parishes nearby the center of the storm. And I can remember standing outside the rector's home and being able to see the horizon no matter which way I turned, 360 degrees. The Bishop of Southeast Florida when I lived there was Leo Frade. Bishop Frade had been Bishop of Honduras before he was elected to lead the Diocese of Southeast Florida. In 1998, Hurricane Mitch devastated the country. Afterwards, the media asked the country's religious leaders why this catastrophe had happened. Some said it was because, because God was punishing the country for its sins. Some said it was because God was calling the country to repent. Bishop Friday said because it was October. <laughs> October, he said, is the season of hurricanes. The important thing is to have faith strong enough to get through October. The truth is, many times, we don't know why bad things happen. Of course, there's always a natural explanation because the laws of nature, even human nature, continue to exist. But ultimately, much of our experience of nature and of history remains mysterious beyond our control and beyond our comprehension. Do you know the Bible does not have a definition of the word God? There are no essays on the nature of God in the Bible. The Bible tells the stories of the people of God. God is known 
by those who call upon his name. The God of the Bible is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and ultimately the Father of Jesus Christ. Our stories tell what we have witnessed and believe is significant. Sometimes they reveal how we have encountered God. In this part of the faith-seeking journey during the Christian Formation Hour, we're introducing ourselves to each other by telling one another our names, where we are from, and what religious traditions have formed us in our journey. Of course, faith and religion are not the same things. Faith is like courage. Most of the time, you don't need it. Only in times of crisis, when we are in harm's way, do we need either courage or faith. Then we must use what we've got. Religion, on the other hand, is like money. Religion is the currency of faith. Religion allows us to share our faith with one another as money allows us to exchange goods and services. Religion also allows us to assign value, to say this is worth more than that. And so to count the cost of what we believe. And like money, religion can be counterfeited. This doesn't mean we give up on religion any more than we give up using money. It just means we must examine religion, hold it up to the light, just as we would a $100 bill. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus is holding up the religion of his day to the light. He tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. It's a story of true and counterfeit religion. Of course, neither man is a Christian. For Jesus, true religion is a matter of humility before the mystery of God. And counterfeit religion is about trusting in ourselves and our own righteousness. The religion of the scribes and Pharisees was false because despite their earnestness and zeal, they missed the point. So he told them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For Jesus, the difference between true and false religion has to do with results. By their fruits, you shall know them. True religion opens us up to the mystery of God and deepens our compassion for others. False religion makes us narrow-minded, self-righteous, 
and bigoted. And this is not just true of the view of Jesus. The prophet Micah says, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And for Paul, the fruits of the Spirit include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness. And for, and for James, religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The tax collector had to acknowledge his helplessness before forces in his life beyond his control and his absolute dependence on the mercy of God. And it was this, his humility and openness to the mercy of God that sent him down to his home justified and reconciled to God. Kathy and I have been watching a series called The Chosen about Jesus and his disciples. In one episode, Jesus is preparing a major sermon, which will become the Sermon on the Mount. At first, Jesus is going to begin the sermon by saying, you are the salt of the earth. But Matthew argues that it needs an introduction. So Jesus comes up with a map. He says, this will tell people where to look for me. And so he begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Most Sundays, we begin our worship by acknowledging that to God, all hearts are open, all desires known, from whom no secrets are hid. And praying for God to cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer known as the collect for purity. And we pray it before we worship because Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. In this prayer we acknowledge that true worship does not depend on how good we are or how smart we are or how much we know, but only on our openness to God and our desire for Him. That's because our relationship to God is a relationship of love. And like any relationship of love, it demands openness, trust, and desire.
because ultimately it is a relationship of mystery. 